What's going on, my friends? It's uh, Tuesday, the 30th of April 2019. Kind of an overcast morning. Heading down to the college. Heading down to the university, rather, to conduct a makeup exam, a couple of them. I'll finish up my grading while my my student is taking her exams. She's a good egg. She was sick, missed it, so <clears throat> here she is heading down there, extending a nice courtesy, I think. Got to get these scores in, documented, final grades rendered. It's been a good semester, but I'm happy that it is at its end and uh, get a little bit of a break from these early morning Tuesday and Thursday arrivals. These will be my last, hopefully. And got an approval for teaching at my acupuncture school, the Wan Institute. Now I'll be teaching completely online, or what I, it's called the Wan Institute. I'm calling it Wanline. We're going Wanline, my friends. So I'll be teaching a couple classes, three to be exact, there this semester, summer semester. I'm excited for that too. Refine my craft and really get it cooking in an online capacity. It's going to allow me to reach so many more people, and I think I can teach the content very effectively that way. I used to uh, shift gears here, literally. This is the exact spot where yesterday morning I'm heading down to the office at a modest rate of speed, obeying all the traffic laws and such, when I was confronted with a situation, dump trucks, there's endless dump trucks going down this road because we're expanding the uh, northeast extension, I-476, widening the road because it was previously just two lanes, you know two in each direction, now it's going to be like six or eight in each direction, heading all the way up to Quakertown. And beyond that is the Poconos and rural country, so we don't need that expansion of lanes, but these bastards sure are working hard on this all day long, I hear, donk, 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 like tampers and backhoes and heavy road equipment, it's cool stuff. In another world, another time, another place... I wouldn't mind having worked on a road crew. Hard man's work. I like that sort of shit. Hanging out with the guys, sipping on a little cup of coffee. Shooting the shit. You might live in Pennsylvania, but you're working all day in New Jersey, wherever. You know, wherever in the, in the particular area that you live and you work, maybe you work in the tri-state area. Oh, we're going over to put this road in in North Jersey this week. I'll be there all week. So, you know, bust your ass, do your work, come home, and you're just freaking beat. You know, you're so tired, you're hitting the rack. I like that kind of work. Of course, it'll tear you up long term. Anyway, these freaking dump trucks are everywhere. I'm surprised I don't have one in, in for or after me right now. And they're kind folks. And doing what they got to do, hauling their stone. But they're slow as shit because they've got precious cargo there. 
and, you know, doing like 10, 15 miles an hour. I can't abide that shit. So, put the friggin' Ram into overdrive. Past them. Right in front of that bowling alley back there. The Earl Bowl. And one of my former anatomy students said, Hey, Dr. L, I was right behind you when you passed that dump truck this morning. And uh, I said, yeah, well, I didn't mean any disrespect. I just, you know, I, I can't be impeded. My progress cannot be forestalled. I need to get my freaking ass moving. Sometimes you got to pass, man. I didn't, don't believe I lost my bearing or anything like that when I did it. But, of course, then I get down to this light that I'm accelerating from now. And the dump truck came up on me. So I didn't really make up that much time. However, it's still better not to be behind a fucking dump truck, right? You can't see shit. I like to be free and unencumbered by the, uh, the traffic <clears throat> when possible. Uh, I mention this because uh, I have a good friend of mine who is listening to these podcasts. <clears throat> One of my only, um, I'd say, real dedicated listeners, of which I have a few. And he made a uh, a mention to me that he noticed that I can be telling a story and all of a sudden I will have somebody will jump out in front of me in traffic or it'll be slow or a dump truck will be impeding my progress and all of a sudden I'll be like, ah, you piece of shit, you know, or I'll shift gears and kind of outside of my own uh, control, I will kind of lash out. Not road rage, but... And he was saying that he, he does this too. And he did not does not like the notion that others are, are can so easily influence our emotions. That's a very interesting subject to me. Because whenever we go out into the world in the morning, from the time we roll out of the rack, we're confronted with issues, right? You know, people that we need to help and manage. Maybe it's our family. Maybe it's our our spouse. You know, we're jockeying for position, trying to get into the bathroom or take a shower or whatever the hell we're doing. Then you're on the road. you got traffic. So you meet people. You come across folks in various capacities in life. And they can take you off mission, right? They can take you in a completely other direction. Now, I don't like, I agree with my friend, I don't like that, uh, I get his point. I don't like to feel as though somebody, like, I, I, I feel like, oh, I'm going after this day. I don't know how practical it is to assume that or to think that others cannot influence us significantly because they're always presenting to us with problems, Right? Or not problems, but situations that they might need help with. And part of my dynamic is that I'm a big-time helper, occupationally, and uh, it's also a hobby of mine. I like to be there for people. I like to be a good Samaritan. But don't rub me the wrong way, because, you know, I can go make a hairpin turn within a split second and uh, 
whatever, defend myself, uh, justify my actions, pass your ass on the left on a double friggin' yellow line. Because that's the kind of son of a bitch I can be. I don't think it makes me unique. Uh, I try to stay my course as I'm heading straight down the ATR or the ATR, yeah, the Allentown Road. I'm not looking for any problems. I'm not looking for any uh, situations. But for every vehicle on this road, there's at least one person that's got another agenda. They're heading down to work too, and they got maybe they're in a hurry. Maybe they're uh, they cut you off. Maybe <clears throat> they're whatever the situation is. We're just there's so many people on this earth now, and so many different scenarios that. There's a lot of people to mitigate. There's a lot of issues that present to us throughout the day. I would love to be monk-like and be completely impervious. It would be a little selfish, I think, in a way, if I was just impervious to what anybody else, in their, their feelings or their situation. I mean, I want to be sensitive to that. That's part of the downside of being an empath or somebody who's always feeling other people's situations and their pain downside is that you're always hearing people out. You're always trying to be there for people. And they suck you in. They take full advantage of your uh, kindness. And most often they do good things with it. They appreciate it at the very least. But sometimes they, uh, you know, you take that on and taking on their problems or solving their problems, you're creating something, an impediment, an obstacle of your going after your own issues and completing your tasks of the day. So it is quite the friggin' balance, quite the balance. But I I agree with my buddy. I'm going to try to be a little bit more um, in control. I don't want, I don't like the fact that I would have some uh, gut reaction to some bullshit on the highway, and I've never got into a physical altercation on the highway where we're going to throw down or something over traffic. But like everybody, and I don't enjoy when the sun is shining brightly and all the traffic. It's apparent that they're uh, <clears throat> everybody's slowed down, slowing down because their visibility isn't perfect, and just you, you know all that shit that goes with waiting around in traffic or. Um, traffic's just one example because it's the one he cited that that my attention could be taken off of the story that I'm I'm telling taken away from the story that I'm telling and I'll just kind of lash out you fucking piece of shit I've been doing that forever and I guess I'm a student of that through my father who he would do that he would be calm everything would be cool and then somebody, I remember one time we were heading up to the mountains. We had a trailer of um, lumber. We were always hauling shit up to the, our cabin, building our cabin and improving it. So we had a big, long trailer behind the big, long Ford F-150 truck. And it was just like 3 in the morning. We would leave at, mid, at 3 in the morning. Let me say it's 5 in the morning. So now we're, the sun is barely coming up come up on this piece of shit car like a fucking Nova with the suspension drag in the back. You got like 10 people in it. 
and they turned around. There's all these little eyes staring at us, and we got a. They jumped right out in front of us while we got this load that we're hauling, and so it's hard to stop. He hits the brakes, almost crashes into him, and he he goes. <laughs> he passes him down the ships into like first gear, and he's like, "Fuck you, <laughs> you fucking idiots!" And I was like half asleep, right? He wakes me up, and I just started laughing my ass off because it was funny listening to him have this inexplicable reaction. <laughs> it's kind of a guy thing, you know, just like uh, that show, Home Improvement or whatever, and the guy was all into his tools and all into all things manly and this way you should behave. To a degree, I think men are hardwired to behave like this. And, of course, we've got that male hormone, testosterone, that drives so many things. Like our aggression and our sex drive and our muscularity and our, you know, our quest to up the other guy. So, it's all interesting. But let me shift gears again. My daughter's going to call within the next five minutes, so... You hear a good old Lily just uh, wishing me well for the rest of my day and, and back at her. Um, <clears throat> went up to New York City this past weekend for a wedding. My wife's got a big Italian family, wonderful people, huge wedding, 400 people. It was held at the former, uh, in Flushing, New York, it was the site of the 1965 World's Fair. So... They build all these structures back in the day, 40 years ago or whatever, 50 years ago. These grand concrete structures and the, the, the wedding, the reception was held at this helipad. It's, if you can imagine a, um, if you could imagine a water tower, like a municipal water tower, it seemed like it was about that height. It's a tall structure on the top of it. There was uh, a helipad previously, and now just underneath that helipad, or helipad, there is this area where it's a circular area, almost like the space needle sort of thing, circular, cylindrical, and up there, there's a, um, a banquet facility, and it's arranged on this circular pattern, so on all sides of this big frisbee-oriented structure <clears throat> around the entire circumference of it. you got tables and chairs and dance floors and DJ booths and kitchen in the center. It was fucking unbelievable. And so we're up there, and it's crazy in the city. Like, I haven't been in New York City in, in quite some time. The city is just a tremendous thing. Commerce flowing, cars you know, super highways, and then, you know, right off the super highway, wow, look at the size of that woman's head, woman take a little morning stroll, she had a freaking pretty big, gigantic head, just an observation, okay, no malice there, so, uh, <clears throat> city, everything is flowing, man, freaking super highway, and right next to that is uh, a residential area, so everything is right on top of everything else. Uh, we, we stopped at a, um, so, so we go to the hotel, hotel's bustling, and there's all kinds of people coming in and out, nice hotel room, 
beautiful wedding. Food is delicious. People were kind. Lots of love. Lots of celebration. And we really had a good weekend. <clears throat> Story about the uh, Queen's cat. So I should mention, backing up a little bit there, that my my mother, my in-laws, my mother, my, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, God rest his soul, they're from Queens. So they're from this area. And the church that it was held at, this beautiful, grand structure, Catholic church, called a, a Mother of Immaculate Conception or something like that. And just an incredible mass, all these people. And lots of love. And reuniting with family and for, for a wonderful reason. My mother-in-law actually went to grammar school in this church. So it's like it was the center of everything when she was growing up, this community. And you just look at all these houses that are stuck right on top of the next one. And eateries and schools and topless bars and strip malls. It's all right there on top of everything else. And you just think, this is part of where New York City, Philadelphia, all these cities on the East Boston, on the Eastern Seaboard, this is where America started, really, you know? So much history. These were cobblestone streets. This, This was, used to be factories that generations of individuals um, had worked in and raised their families and slept and made love and and you know went to work and school and it just that is amazing to me just the the life that was lived in these you know, concentrated forms in the cities even past a big cemetery huge cemeteries in the city old old uh, cemeteries Think of all the people that lived and died and are commemorated in these areas. It's nuts. <clears throat> so that in itself was a great story and a great experience. The city is too much for me. I've always I'm a lifelong suburbanite with a tendency toward the rural things. I love nature. So I'm looking to see mountains and creeks and rivers and shit like that. Deserts. I don't have much interest in cities, but I do feel the power and the, the the life force, the chi that flows in these places. The good and the bad. <clears throat> but I made it through. We had a good time. The morning after the wedding, we're all a little bit hungover. We're like, all right, let's go around the corner and get some Dunkin' Donuts. We, this Dunkin' Donuts got a lot. It's about the size of my office, and the parking lot is about the same size as well. So, it's a tiny fucking place. And all these cars and SUVs and Escalades and Lincolns and beaters, uh, motorcycles coming in and out of this thing, parking every which way with no sense of organization. It just made me think about all of the, just the, the way people have to operate, how everything moves so fast and so... Um, Going back to my passing the dump truck thing, people are so indifferent to one another, you know. It's not it's not an offensive thing in the city to beep at somebody or to pass them necessarily. You really got to do something to piss somebody off in the city for them to road rage because every day they're dealing with traffic. That's part of their lives. So, they, you know, you think you want to yield for somebody as a, you know, 
getting on an off-ramp or getting off merging in traffic, you can't be a nice guy. You kind of just got to be really aggressive, right? Otherwise, everybody's going to pass your ass. You're probably going to get in an accident. Um, <clears throat> so that's interesting, right? Isn't that, you know, the way that people are vibrating at different frequencies and they interact in different ways. We're sitting there eating outside. It's just warm enough to sit outside and eat our sausage, egg, and cheese and coffee. Went down nice. And there's this cat that comes across the parking lot. The Queen's cat, I'll call it. And somebody muttered, oh, that cat's dead. Try to cross that road. Big fucking dirty four or five or six lane highway street. Lights, you know, all this freaking crazy intersection, you know. Cat, like, comes across, goes under the car, jumps over this, up, up the curb. It's about to step into the street. Somebody's like, yeah, that cat's dead. I say, that cat's freaking probably immortal. Imagine the street smarts of being a cat in the city, slinking down an alley and across a highway and down into a gutter and to a sewer and eat a friggin' roadkill squirrel over here, have a little morsel of a pigeon over here, eat some out of somebody's garbage can. It's all the explorations that can happen as a, a city cat. I just read, you know, I talked a little bit about this before, and we dissect cats in my anatomy class. Cats are freaking apex predators, man. These indoor-outdoor cats, and especially feral cats, that just grow up in the cities like that. Like all other creatures around the city, they got to move fast, they got to be aggressive, they got to jockey for position, or they're dead. They are going to get run over. They are going to get eaten by something else. <clears throat> so they got to be really fast and freaking sly, these cats. That cat, imagine putting a cam on that cat, a cat, queen's cat cam, and letting it go off onto its secret missions by day or by night, and the shit that it sees and runs into. Unstinking believable. Better than any drone, more maneuverable. Awesome, the queen's cat. So think about that. I gotta go take a dump before I head over to the university and give this exam at the office now. You guys have a wonderful day. Love and respect. Huh! <laughs>